Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for listening to the Late Breaking F1 podcast. Make sure to look out for new episodes every Thursday and Grand Prix Sundays. Hello and a very warm welcome to the Late Breaking F1 podcast. Recording after Lewis Hamilton won the Turkish Grand Prix and in the process winning his seventh World Championship title. Although leaving the description at that would probably be doing a massive disservice to the race itself. Slippery conditions, wreaking havoc, causing great entertainment. And it led to a podium for Sergio Perez and Sebastian Vettel for the first time this season. Finally, Harry, your prediction of a Sergio Perez has come true. Time to bring in Harry and Samuel Sage. (laughs) There there it is, the avocados (laughs) from Mexico. What a bloody race, wasn't it? Wasn't that just supreme? I mean, yeah, it was honestly. If it, and they said this in commentary, this is an advert for giving F one cars less grip because it's just better. Yeah, it's it's hard to argue against that, particularly after the race that we just saw. Absolute chaos, like we say, Lewis Hamilton claiming the race win, although that was far from a certainty for much of the Grand Prix, particularly the first half. Sergio Perez finished second, Sebastian Vettel third, Leclerc and Sainz rounding out the top five. Max Verstappen in sixth place after starting from second would have been heavily fancied there. Alex Albon seventh, Lando Norris eighth. Lance Stroll, after claiming pole position, was just ninth. Daniel Ricciardo finished tenth, so that's uh, that's the point scorers from the Grand Prix. Got plenty to run through. We're going to be focusing on Sergio Perez. Of course, he doesn't have a seat next year. Did he prove to Racing Point today that they made an error in not choosing him for next season? Red Bull, did Max Verstappen throw away his best chance at a victory since his one and only win of the season back at Silverstone? But first, we will look at Lewis Hamilton, of course, matching the record of Michael Schumacher, a seventh championship win. And what a way to do it. Sam, where does this one rank amongst Hamilton's best victories in F1? It's hard. It's hard to rank them, but <laughs> he's been bloody incredible, isn't he? And I'm not, I'm not going to lie, lads. I had a little bit of a cry when he crossed the line. When you follow someone from You're their wessy. TV career. Oh, yeah, correct. <laughs> call, me, call me what you want. Um, when you follow someone from their junior career and... You you watch them achieve so much, and you think Schumacher is you know is set a pedestal that no one will ever meet, and then you you get to watch it live happening, and seeing that emotional response from Lewis, you know, hearing him cry over the radio, 
it is one of those things that you don't think you'll get to see in the sport that you love. And we've seen it twice in the space of 20 years. Um, it was just incredible scenes. And this is up there, you know, that, that, that drive today, that the race on its own was up there, I think, in some of his best drives of all time. I think that is was an incredible performance from him. One of the few people to not make a single error all race long. Uh, Perez, pretty much the other person. I think they both made the same error going deep into turn nine. They had to run over the uh, the off-road bit and go around the bollard. But that was pretty much it. He, he has been spectacular this season. Bottas, we'll get on to the race performance, but this season has been a, a bit unlucky at times, but also just, again, not up to the consistent standard that Lewis Hamilton puts down. And he said in his post-race interview, I feel like I'm just getting started and I feel like I'm just getting better and better, which for the ears of the rest of the grid must be absolutely terrifying and heartbreaking all in one go because are you ever going to get a championship while this man is on the grid? Um, it was incredible. And I think this really does rate highly among the championships he's won. Um, it's been some real treacherous conditions all season long. He's had to really come over things mentally, uh, politically, culturally, and on the track. And he's done it. He's conquered it once again and proven why he should be, in terms of accolades now, the most successful Formula One driver of all time and joint with Michael Schumacher on the World Championships. It is just brilliant to witness. I am really quite happy that we get to say that we were there in the moment when, when it happened. It was it was wonderful. Harry, where do you think this one ranks amongst his best races? And just as a season as a whole, how, how do you think Hamilton's cope with 2020? Uh He's right. This says a lot about his uh, his performances. I don't think it's his it's his best, um, but that's that's that says a lot because I think he's had even better than that, which is just ridiculous. Because today was in, was another example of just how good he is. Um, I I don't think the Mercedes the all weekend it didn't look like the, uh, a car that was going to trouble maybe even the podium. Even on the dry tires in Friday practice, they didn't seem to have the pace. Um, but yeah, you ne- you never rule him out. I think we said this on the preview podcast. You can't rule out, you know, Lewis Hamilton ever. And today was an, another example of this. Um, as for the season, you know, I, is it his best season? That's tough. That's a difficult one. It's quite possibly. I think last year it also rivals it. But as Sam said, there's been so much else going on this year. Um, so for him to stay as focused and as committed as 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 he has been um is is impressive it's no, there's no other word for it and you know deep down uh, my schumacher fanboy in me it hurts it hurts a lot <laughs> but all, all i can do is is you know re- you just respect to the ma- give it to the man cuz cuz he's just that good and you know if schumacher was around to 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 speak to other people then then you know i'm sure he would say the same so you can't you can't be mad at it um at all so uh yeah congrats mr lh yeah i think this it was an epic performance and i think those that argue against that are, are probably looking at it uh the wrong way it wasn't a faultless race so i don't think it was his best race of all time i certainly would still go back to to silverstone 08 in that respect but it was a great result there were a few errors in there obviously going uh you know running two on lap 1 uh left the circuit had a lost positions as well against Albon uh, when he went too deep into the corner trying to overtake Sebastian Vettel. That was uh, a bit of a silly move. So it wasn't it wasn't faultless from Lewis Hamilton, but by and large, this was a race where the keys to victory were patience, 
consistency and avoiding big errors. And he, you know, he ticked all three in that respect. And, um, you know, with, with Lewis Hamilton, we often see with Mercedes, obviously, the dominant position that they're in. There can quite often be occasions where he's not able to perhaps showcase his talents um, in in a way where he, he doesn't have to overtake cars. You know, there are races where he starts from pole position and he, he dominates the race from there. Uh, and it can occasionally make people question, OK, when conditions aren't right, can he still get the job done? Because it's not something he has to do very regularly. But races like this prove that the answer is yes, he definitely still can get it done because this this win was in not just in jeopardy. This win was very unlikely for the first half of the race. And, and Hamilton had to had to show something different. He had to show that he can he can be patient. He can wait behind these cars and he can he knows that the race is going to come to him in the second half. And, and ultimately it did. So fair play to him. Yeah, tire management proved key, and we know that is one of Hamilton's strengths. I think it says a lot that Hamilton and Perez finished one and two. Um, I don't think that's a coincidence in the slightest. Tire management was was definitely of the highest order, and Hamilton did a great job making those tires last all the way from I think it was lap eight that he made his one and only pit stop. We saw the tire condition at the end of the Grand Prix; he was practically running on slicks. So he did a very good job of managing those tires. Deserves a lot of respect. Um, and yeah, it, he, he was able to he, he was able to to make it count when he needed to, which is the mark of all great champions. I, I think what was very interesting about this Grand Prix was how we had a mixture of guys who were quick in full wet conditions, but not quite there in the changeable damp conditions, and vice versa. So, as an example, you know, the Mercedes were were not there in terms of the full wet conditions but by the time we got to intermediate conditions and more dry conditions they were on it again and that seemed to be the case with the McLaren as well uh it was very interesting to see the mixture because you also had racing point and I would say Red Bull possibly Alfa Romeo as well who were very strong in the wet conditions but once it started to dry out they just couldn't compete um you know we saw that Lance Stroll finished well over a minute off the pace of Lewis Hamilton, where you, you wouldn't have predicted, predicted that halfway through the Grand Prix. So he let the conditions come to him, didn't make any stupid errors prior to that, um, and he deserves a lot of respect. It's been a great year as well. From first first race to last, you know, Bottas had a plan. Not sure what that plan is now. Perhaps he's going down the, the Trump route and going to try and challenge it in court or something, because that's the only way <laughs> Bottas has got a chance now. Um, but yeah, consistency. That's been... that's. That's been Hamilton's last three years. That's that's what he's made him so good. Um, just uh, just look forward ahead to when we go back to Australia next season. Bottas wings it as he, he seems to often do on the radio the moment he crosses the line. Stop the count! Stop the count! You know that'll be it. That'll be the moment where Bottas thinks he's, he's claimed the title. And that'll only want to do twenty three races. No, thank you. I'll have the one. That's the only way he can do it. Valtteri Bottas wins the Formula One season with 25 points. <laughs> it's going to be groundbreaking in 21, guys. Um, speaking of 21, we, we did have Mark Webber's conversation with Lewis Hamilton on the podium about what his future holds. We've already brought up the statement that he said that he feels like he's only starting to get there, which is quite frankly terrifying. Um, we had a discussion earlier on in the week as to whether we think there is a chance he could move move out of Formula One, leave on top. Harry, do you think there's there's any chance of that now, or is Hamilton well in his groove? Uh, I don't know. 
I, I watched that the thing with Mark Webber, and I was a bit well. The first bit when he said, you know, just getting started, I was like, oh yeah, here we go, incoming three year contract with Mercedes. But then the stuff he was saying afterwards about being within the sport and changing the sport, and there are lots of other things he you know wants to achieve. Um, and none of that mentioned uh, driving. And that's not to say he wouldn't still be driving at the same time. I just thought it was interesting. Um, no, I, I still think he will be He will be there next year. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think I echo what I said last time when I think there are other things maybe on Hamilton's mind now. And maybe he will remain in F1, but just not driving a car. Who knows? I doubt it. I think he will be driving because that's, that's the thing he loves doing the most. And why, why would he want to stop when he's being so good at it so um yeah but it was a it was definitely an interesting conversation with uh with old mac mac webber um so yeah i I don't know i i still i think it would be surprising but there's a part of me that wouldn't be entirely shocked if he did call it a day um but i think he will be there in 21 so I think if he retired now, there'd be no doubt whatsoever that his his reputation would be completely intact. He would be retiring on the top of his game. Um, just And there would be questions forever as to what he could have achieved. Sam, do you think that his conversation with Weber, what he's achieved today, do you think that swayed it one way or the other? I mean, I think the thing about... The thing with Lewis, I think... He's set out as a driver. He's achieved as a driver what you want to achieve. He is, if you're going to look at records broken and numbers, he is the greatest of all time, right? If you're going to only take numbers into account, he has the records to back him up now. Um, The only one he's now equal to is Schumacher with the championships and all the other accolades theoretically put him in front of, of Schumacher. But I think Hamilton wants to achieve more. I think now Hamilton wants a legacy. And I think it... He almost spoke it into realization right at that moment with Mark Webber. Mark asked him, you know, you know, will there be an eighth, a ninth, a tenth, eleventh? And Hamilton replied with, "I want to make F one carbon neutral. I want to improve the sport. I want to help the diversity. You know, you hear me speaking up at every single Grand Prix. I want to be a voice in this sport. I don't think he'd say all these things so publicly if he was willing to just depart at the end of this season. Unless he was going to stick around as a mainstay face off the grid, but be on in the paddock as part of the Mercedes team. I can't see him doing that when he's in the form of his life still. The fact that he he's still growing as a driver, we're still seeing him produce breathtaking performances. He's still creating things that I don't think drivers at the absolute best of their careers would be able to create. I can't see him going anywhere. I think he will be here for at least one more season. And with the way he's speaking, I'd be shocked if he retires anytime soon. I would love to see him have a go in these new cars in uh, the 2022 regs to see if he's able to do it again. Um, I I really would be surprised now if he announces some kind of retirement. There'd have to be something that really sways him to change what he's doing um, to not be in that seat for next season. Yeah, I mean, just to look at it from the impact that he wants to make in terms of change, um, in terms of human rights, in terms of making F1 carbon neutral, I think this is this definitely does form a very significant part of his agenda. And I think it's something that he, he does want to push. I don't think it's something that he's just saying for face. The question is, how does he achieve these these things? And honestly, I think his voice is most powerful when he is world champion. And he could trans- transition into something else. He could transition into a role that is outside of a driver. We know he's already doing that in terms of Extreme E. But 
I think in terms of Formula One and, and that atmosphere, him leading the way as a driver, him being the world champion, being the representative of the sport, I, I don't think there is a better position that he could be in to express his views, to ha- have his voice be heard, to be so influential. So I, I think he stays in F1 from that front. In terms of performance, if you look to look back at a few of the other greats and when they decided to walk away, or uh, in a few cases when they were forced to to walk away, I guess um, if you're to look back at say Alain Prost, you know, he retired as a world champion. If you were to look back at Ayrton Senna, of course, not his choice whatsoever, but he he went out on top. He was still at his peak at the time that he unfortunately departed the sport. Um, but then. If you were to look at a more more modern example, Michael Schumacher, of course, we saw what happened with Michael Schumacher that he, I don't want to say he stayed in F1 too long, but his legacy, I don't think it was completely tarnished, far from it, but he came back and he wasn't the same Michael Schumacher. He could still, he could still bring it. Uh, he, he still brought Mercedes plenty of points but he wasn't the same driver that won all those championships. And I, I feel as if that would be in the back of, of Hamilton's mind. If he overstays his welcome, maybe that could happen to him. It will it will happen to him if he stays in F1 for long enough. You know, age, no one's ever beaten it. And, and Hamilton's no different in that respect. So there has to be a right time for him to, to pack it in. But using Schumacher again as that comparison point when he walked away for the first time at the end of 06... I feel as if at that time, 05, 06, yeah, the Ferrari wasn't quite on the same pace that it was a few years ago, but Schumacher was already regressing somewhat. He was still an excellent driver at the end of 06, but he wasn't quite at the peak of his powers. So I think he picked a very good time to walk away the first point in his career. But if we're to look at if we're to look at Lewis Hamilton, I would argue that his best seasons in F1 have been his last three seasons in F1. I don't think at the moment there is any sign of regression whatsoever. So I don't think there's any reason for him to stop until at least there are a few signs that it's going to go downhill sooner rather than later. I don't think those signs are there yet. So I think he will stay in F1. I think he'll be in F1 for the next for the next couple of years. He does have ambitions outside of Formula One, but inside Formula One, if he, if he wants to direct change, which I believe he does, best place for him to do that while still winning at the same time is being a driver. Let's move back on to the race itself then. Driver of the day, who have you got for this award, Harry? A lot of contenders, I've got to say. Hamilton, an obvious one. Checo, because he's finally done what I've been asking him to do for 10 races, got a podium. Uh, I'm going to give it to Sebi Vett because... I've got a fond, fond place for Sebi Vett in my heart, and that—that that is undoubtedly his best drive of pff, bloody hell. I don't know when was the last time he drove that well. Probably his win last year in Singapore. Um, it's yeah, he a rocket launch start, and you know he—I think that Ferrari had more pace this weekend as we saw because Leclerc was fourth in the end, although that could have been the other way around. Um, I do think the Ferrari had more pace on the slippy, slippy surface, but. They had some, there's some, you know, Vettel had some good pace, and he held off Hamilton for a long time in the in the middle part of the race. And um, yeah, I, I, I'm going to give it to him because good old Sebi Vett on the podium, you, you love to see it. But um, yeah, like I said, a lot of the, the top three definitely your contenders and Leclerc to be honest, because he came from 
the depths of the of the grid to come forth and probably should have been third anyway. So, but yeah, that's all for me. Who have you got, Sam? Uh, it's the same three for me. Um, Checo Perez is so good to see that man standing on the podium. And in second as well, so regularly, how he has been on that podium, we see him in third. and just kind of picking up the scraps, you know, being opportunistic, making the most of it. And he's been so good at that over his career, but it's so nice to, you know what? I started in the, in the front three and I finished in the front three and I made up a place and he deserves that second place and he deserves a seat in our sport next season. And if no one signs him, then what a calamity. What an absolute clangor someone's had if they don't pick up Sergio Perez because he's shown once again that he is so worthy of being on the grid. He's so much better than so many drivers we have. They're all brilliant, but Perez is up there with the cream of the crop at the moment. He's so good. So Perez is up there for driver of the day. Um, Hamilton, he was under pressure, but not under pressure at the same time. At one point, he was 25 seconds behind the race leader and then won the race by 25 seconds. was just breathtaking. So I think Hamilton gets drive of the day for me. But as Harry said, Sebastian Vettel holds a very, very warm and special place in my heart. He's become this lovely, charming funny guy and to see him on the podium after what has been his drive of the season so far and to see him just turn something around and to, and to get one up on Charles Leclerc who was a bit silly at the end and probably I get went for the last gasp and I admire him for it but also threw it away a little bit um it was good to see him on there and he really deserves it and maybe this might give him a little bit of a boost for the end of the season maybe it allows him just to smile his way through to racing point I don't know but it was absolutely great to see the Ferrari of Sebastian Vettel on that podium probably for the last time. Um, so, yeah, those three were just a, a, a league above. But, you know, there were other great performances throughout Charles Leclerc being one. But for me, those three were, were really up there. Yeah, um, I'll give a quick shout out to Carlos Sainz. I think he had a really good race as well. Uh, he came from 14th on the grid, I believe. Didn't make any errors, at least that we saw on camera. Just he went through the field with with relative ease patience and he was right in there with those guys up in p2 at the very end of the grand prix so i think he deserves respect for that as well um i would agree with the names that you suggested perez kept his cool throughout the grand prix excellent tire management as we have become so accustomed to seeing sebastian vettel electric start i don't think he had the pace of leclerc throughout the grand prix but you know that that start was so crucial because with the way in which the, the the field ended up essentially um the gaps were massive after just a few laps uh, and Sebastian Vettel took real advantage of that great start Charles Leclerc so disappointed that he couldn't secure P2 at the end there because it was an incredible race from him God Leclerc I'm not going to renounce his God title at least today um even with that poor finish with the last few corners (laughs) Um, because of how excellent he was prior to that. Not his best moment, but he retains the God Leclerc title for now. Um, Sebastian, yeah, and he, he should have beaten Sebastian Vessel. Of course he didn't. Lewis Hamilton claims it for me. As I said in, in the first few minutes of this of this podcast, it wasn't faultless. Did make a few errors, but crucially avoided any serious errors, as was the case with the likes of Max Verstappen. So, yeah, Lewis Hamilton for me. It, he won by over a pit stop. Uh, when at a time he was behind the race leader by a pit stop. That's pretty incredible, regardless of what car you're in. Hamilton for me. Worst driver of the day. I feel like this could be a clean sweep, but we will see. Sam, who have you got? 
Well, I'm going to shout out someone before we go into the, the depths, the dark, dark depths. Um, Max Verstappen, mate, you threw that away. That was 100% yours to win. You had supreme pace. Your qualifying was just amazing until the goat scroll came and uh, put you in the bins, Sonny. Um, honestly, that was like Max's heaven. And he turned it into an absolute living hell for himself. He spang around more times than I can remember. Um, Albon was better on the track than Max. Not faster, but better in the conditions. Um, and I know like, my bold prediction was that Albon would beat Verstappen on raw pace. But I think Albon held himself up today. I still think it was bad that he finished behind Max after Max spun 3,000 times. But, you know, come on, Max. That was not good from you. It was rash. The first thing with Perez was poor. Uh, it was a silly, 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 immature move, which you could have had on the next run if you just lifted slightly. Um, I expect better from Max Verstappen now in his career. But the worst driver of the day is championship rival. Uh, the man that I think finished in, what, 14th or 15th place. He spang at turn one more times than I've spang on my office chair while being bored at work. Valtteri Bottas, mate, what are you doing? The fact that he wasn't even getting out of the way of Lewis Hamilton when he was getting lapped, he was getting lapped by his championship rival teammate, who then finishes 25 seconds clear of everyone else. Oh, God, Valtteri. I mean, I know there was nothing more that you could do, but surely there must have been something. Your teammates winning by that margin. You were god-awful today. Bottas was so bad. Um, so, yeah, Bottas, by far the worst driver of the day. Unfortunately, Sam, you've brought up bold predictions, which is something I forgot about because, as I remember, Don't and care. do correct me if I am wrong here, but I'm pretty sure someone predicted that both Alfa Romeos would make Q2. <laughs> Mate, now, people want to hear your worst drive of the day. You're going to bore everyone. I, I just uh, just thought I would bring that up. Um, but again, can't remember who made that prediction. Might have been me. Worst driver of the day, Harry. Who have you got? Um, you. Fair. <laughs> um, <laughs> completely fair. Um, no, it's, there's no looking past Walter, I'm afraid. He, yeah, I don't know. don't know what happened. You know, you know, before the start, Martin Brundle was like, oh, yeah, people who drive on ice, like, and did rally, like, yeah, Bottas, and, times you said that. Bottas and Raikkonen. <laughs> And they were both awful. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. His, it's like his head dropped after the first spin, and then he decided he, he didn't do enough. He maybe he thought, well, that's championship gone, and now I'm going to do my Felipe Massa impression. I don't know. Not sure. It was very really good. Yeah, I, it was close. Well, I've said this to Ben before we start recording. He almost got the right amount. I think it was one short in the end of a Massa 08, but never mind. Um, yeah, it was it was it was poor, and you know he he obviously wasn't enjoying himself because they said four laps to go, and he said I wish it was less, and I'm sure he will just want to forget that race. But um, and I, I also agree with with Sam on the on the Verstappen point. It was just frustrating because he clearly had the pace, he had the run, just filing behind through the uh, one line corner in the wet, and wait till you get to a braking zone, Max. What are you doing, man? Also. I would have pooped myself if I'd had that spin. But <laughs> oh, yeah. Fair enough that he didn't 
you know, he wasn't screaming still because I would be. That was terrifying. Every, everyone's car was brown for the mud, but I wonder if Max's was a different color for a, another yeah. reason. It's quite dirty he, out there. And then when he's pulling back on the track, like over the crest, I was like, oh, oh, oh no. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, Bottas was by far and away the worst driver of the day. Yeah, as expected, clean sweep on this one. And we brought up the Felipe Massa Silverstone 2008 comparison fairly early. For anyone who's unaware, Felipe Massa had an absolutely atrocious race uh, when Lewis Hamilton won that Grand Prix, spun countless times. We made that prediction. Well, we didn't make the prediction, but we made that assessment fairly early. Oh, he's going for this. He's going for Massa's record. But as the race unfolded, the more and more accurate it appeared because it just wasn't happening for him. Uh, Really confusing as to why, because like Martin Brundle did say about 264 times, he does have that experience of racing in these low grip conditions and he just couldn't bring it in a Formula One car. And it's not as if those conditions changed massively from what we saw in qualifying. Uh, and in qualifying, at least until the final run in Q3, as is usually the case, Valtteri Bottas was on an identical pace to Lewis Hamilton. And in fact, I would say he was actually slightly better. He was marginally, every time you saw the two of them complete laps, it was Bottas a few sec- a few temps ahead. Yet when it came to today's race, we saw at one point when Valtteri stuck on new intermediate tyres versus Lewis Hamilton's tyres that had been going since 2003, that it was it was Lewis Hamilton who was not only faster, I mean, it's not as if Lewis Hamilton, oh, he's just pipped it by a few temps. There was one point where Lewis Hamilton was lapping six seconds faster. Like, it, it's it's two different worlds. Valtteri, this, this wasn't just the worst drive of the day. This might have been the worst drive of his career. If anyone can think of one that went worse, please do let me know, but... Yeah, no points whatsoever. And yeah, the question of whether he could keep the championship running for one more week, very conclusively answered. Three out of three Lads, for the worst driver of the day. I've got breaking news. He did oh, it. Oh, he did he spun six times. Yeah. Oh. Congratulations, Walter. <laughs> You've won the Felipe Massaway Award. There you go. Oh, At least he won something. <laughs> That's what the interviewer said at the end when he did rock, paper, scissors with Ricardo. That was so savage. He walks up after doing rock, paper, scissors with Ricardo, and she went, Well, at least you won that. How <laughs> savage is that? There's always next year. There's always next year. Oh, dear. We say hopefully. Moment of the race. Sam, what have you got? Uh, by far, Lewis Hamilton crossing the line, hearing him almost feels like, you know, crying in his crash helmet with his team giving him the plaudits. Um, it was a special moment that you get to watch and it won't come around very often. Um, so for me, that, that was definitely the moment of the race. It was a wonderful, wonderful moment in history that will be remembered uh, among Formula One fans. And he deserves every second of the praise he gets. Harry, moment of the race? Um, Sam, I, I see your... Uh you know, historic moment in F1 history. <laughs> and I raise you a F-16 fighter jet scaring the living bejesus <laughs> out of every driver on the I grid. I love that shot. That is great. Such a good shot. Um, yeah, no, I, hard to argue with what Sam said. Another moment for me, it, I've already said it, is Vettel's start. I watched it on board just now and it's it's Kimi Raikkonen Portimao-esque, but he did it within about a corner. So, um, yeah, that that's a, another top one for me. 
And I'll go, just to offer up something different, I will say Perez versus Leclerc versus um, the other one, um, Vettel. <laughs> I can remember his name. Oh, wow. He's, a, he's only won four championships. <laughs> what are you uh, doing like that for? <laughs> Did anyone else notice the Mexican and German flag was the wrong way around, by the way, on the podium? Yeah, Mexi Vett. Mexi Vett and, yeah. and Jeremy Perez. <laughs> Jeremy Perez. Oh dear. I mean, he has been this yeah, year, for being honest. He had a long time ago, all right? Oh. Yeah, I'll go with that battle. I thought for a moment that Lewis Hamilton crossing the line and winning the championship was going to mean that they weren't going to show it whatsoever because that is a very F1 director thing to do. But fortunately, <laughs> they did actually decide to show some on-track action, unbelievably, um, which which is great. And yeah. Leclerc obviously not particularly happy about it, but it was excellent to watch. Well, should we move on to Sergio Perez? Because we have been saying for pretty much all season that he is deserving of a podium. He's finished pretty much every position in the points other than the top three. Coming into this Grand Prix, he had the five places ahead of him all had podiums. The five places below him all had podiums. Harry's been predicting it for about four years. And finally, (laughs) it happened. Finishing P2 after doing the one-stop, very similar to Lewis Hamilton, showing his his tyre management skills. Sam, do you think that this went some way to prove that Racing Point have made a bit of a boo-boo here? Perez didn't need to prove that they made a boo-boo. If you've been watching Formula 1 long enough, and I will get a bit judgmental here, if you are... incapable of seeing how good Perez is up until this point, then I don't know how much I value your opinion on the sport. Sergio Perez is a real talent and has been for a long time. And he's almost like Lewis Hamilton in the sense that he's just continued to get stronger and stronger season after season. And I would argue that this has been one of his best seasons of his career. And I'm amazed it's taken this long for him to get the podium because he deserves it more than so many others. I really do feel that he, you know, and I'm glad that he's fourth in the championship now because he he really deserves the praise, the laudits. And if people don't sit there and go, that guy should be in our car, you know, we should, he's free. Why are we not putting him in our team next season? Then you're asking yourselves the wrong question. Um, if this is what Albon had to do to solidify that Red Bull seat, then I personally don't think it was enough. Um, and they should be looking at Perez in these conditions and this capability to hold off the Ferraris, to you know, look at where Stroll ended up and where Perez managed to finish. Perez did absolutely everything and so much more. And the fact that he could be walking away from this season without a seat absolutely baffles me. Yeah, racing point. If Vettel mucks it up next season, if he's, he's, if he's on the beach now for the rest of his career... Um, then they will regret this big time. And I really hope that he gets to go into that Red Bull seat next to Max because I think he'll be such a solid driver in that team. What do you reckon, Harry? Do you think this was just more evidence that that Perez deserves a seat somewhere and perhaps should have been in that Aston Martin next year? Um, Yeah, look, uh, as Sam said, he didn't need to do any more to prove it, uh, I don't think. But today, definitely solidified that. Um, And... I don't know. I don't want to... Because Stroll, we got to give it to Stroll. He, until that final pit stop, he'd been mightily impressive this weekend. He'd been better than Perez, let's put it out there, um, until that point. And then he just couldn't couldn't handle those new inters. Head, his head dropped and then it was all, all over. But he was, you know, mightily impressive. So, 
you know, that's not to say Stroll doesn't necessarily deserve a seat next year. I think he's also proved he has, he's a good enough driver to be in that seat. Um, but yeah, Perez is just quality. And will he be getting a phone call from Austria this week? Quite possibly. Not not sure. I, I think Verstappen's bad race actually, you know, made Albon's race look better. Does that make sense? Because... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think if Verstappen a bit, you know, hadn't had his spins, and you know, he's still finished in front of Albon, so that's still bad. But it wasn't by much, so Albon doesn't quite look as bad. They were equally, not quite equally, but they, they both had their issues during the race. So, um, yeah, whether that saves him, I don't know. But yeah, it, it, it's a, it's a crime because because Perez is a is a quality driver, and you know, he it was him and Hamilton. I know Hamilton still beat him by twenty seconds, but different cars, probably different class of driver as well. You'd have to say. Um, Perez and uh, Hamilton were the only ones that could make those intermediates slash slicks go all the way, um, and that's that's just that's hugely impressive. And like we said before, there's only what was the stat that him and Hamilton? Oh, they scored in every race. There you go. Yeah. So uh, yeah, there's not much more you can say about Perez. He definitely deserves a seat. I I don't know if I want him in the Red Bull or not. Maybe, maybe for a year. I don't know. But yeah, undoubtedly, he deserves to see an F1 next year. I mean, for me, this is how I see it. Imagine someone coming up to your door, knocking on the door. You open the door and he stood there, this guy, and he's got 100 chocolate bars and says, here, you can have them all. Closes the door, fine. He knocks two minutes later and says, oh, actually, here's one more. That's what that race was. It wasn't necessary to prove anything more than he already had. The deal's done. Perez is an unbelievable driver. This was just a little bit more evidence to show that he is a quality driver. Because like you say, Sam, if you don't think he is a quality driver, you haven't been paying attention or you have been paying attention and you're a moron. One or the other. Um, I think coming back to Belgium, actually, on this, where you remember Ocon versus Perez and Ocon's a decent driver, don't get me wrong. Remember when Ocon, he qualified P3 on the grid. A lot was made of it. Got a lot of headlines from it. Do you remember who finished ahead in the race? It was Sergio Perez. And and this is just this just comes back to it again. Lance Stroll, very good in wet conditions. Can't argue with that whatsoever. I think Lance Stroll is a decent driver. But when it comes to consistency in the race, there are very few that match Sergio Perez. And Perez isn't overly flashy in the car. He's not a he's not a Ricardo. He's not a Verstappen in the car. And that's absolutely fine. It's two different driving styles. And I think that's why he doesn't necessarily get the plaudits of someone like Ricardo, or you know, who I think is very similar ability to to Sergio Perez. Sergio Perez just gets on with his business. Yeah, he's a very patient driver. Um, he's he's very good at managing his tires, I and mean, ultimately they both worked in his favour out there. And we have to remember as well, Lance Stroll is. We know how good he is in wet conditions. Um, we saw Italy a few years ago uh, when he qualified on the front row of the grid. And we've seen it a couple of times since then. Sergio Perez is not a good wet weather racer, at least comparatively to the rest of his abilities. It's his, it's his one big weakness, I would say, which just goes to show what a quality driver he is, that he was able to hold his own in those conditions, in what I would say are Stroll's best conditions and Perez's worst conditions. And then obviously by the time it changed to, to more damp conditions, the rain stopped, intermediate tyres, Perez had the clear advantage. So he's not flashy at all doesn't have to be he's a quality driver and any team would be lucky to have him honestly 
he he definitely deserves that second Red Bull seat. I think I've I've made it perfectly clear. I think that they should put Albon back in the Alpha Tauri alongside Gasly, uh, and that the the lineup should be a Perez Verstappen lineup. But I think Racing Point slash Aston Martin have made a massive error. This guy who has had has had what six years of experience at the team that counts for a lot. He's an experienced driver overall. He's quality. He's he's been their leading scorer for a number of years now. I think you have to go back to the first season he was there alongside Nico Hulkenberg, the last time that Sergio Perez was not the leading point scorer for that team. Uh, and I think they made a mistake getting rid of him. And when I say that, I don't just mean they've made a mistake in terms of getting rid of Perez and keeping Stroll. They've made an error regardless of which driver you compare him to. Perez versus Vettel, I take Perez. I I, I really do. Um, I think this season has been proof. I think last season, Vettel losing to Leclerc was proof. Perez has been quality for a number of years. I think they've made a big error in getting rid of him. Maybe in terms of Red Bull, they can be the ones to show them that they were wrong. While you were saying that, Ben, and all incredibly valid points, I got a knock on the the front door and I opened it and 101 chocolate bars fell through my door. And on top of that, my book of analogies fell through there as well. Did you post it back? Because I couldn't find that. You must have knit that one last time we were together because that was brilliant. That was brilliant. I've written down all the good ones. Didn't take me too long to do that, to be fair. But I'm I'm (laughs) going to use them for the next few, if that's all right. Uh, Yeah, of course. Of course. Get Sergio Perez, I can see, ASAP. Sergio Perez is a chocolate bar confirmed. Moving on. (laughs) To, oh, uh, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. That's the conclusion you from this. You can't. You that's can't the conclusion make from so this. many valid points and then concluding with Sergio Perez is a chocolate bar. That's like breaking, baby. That's how we roll. <laughs> anyway, if Sergio Perez was a chocolate bar, what chocolate bar do you think it'd be? Dairy milk caramel. Oh, interesting. Oh, because like. Who doesn't really like a dairy milk caramel? It always performs. It's never the top of the pile. It's never the one that you always run into the, to Asda or Tesco or whatever your preferred supermarket is and pick off the shelf. But if maybe, I don't know, your favourite double-decker is missing or, or maybe maybe you, you fancy a, a Snickers wrong, but if you like a Snickers and it's not there, you might go, oh, but there is a, a dairy milk caramel there. I'm going to have that one. And that's Sergio Perez. Well, get in touch with us at L Breaking. What chocolate bar is Sergio Perez and why? And ladies and gentlemen, that is how you round out a segment. Moving on to Red Bull. Uh, <laughs> Alex Albon and Max Verstappen finished next to each other on track, uh, which Red Bull must have been hoping at the beginning of the day that would be a very good thing and that they could come home 1-2, considering Mercedes' shortcomings in qualifying and in practice. As it happened, they were next to each other on track, but that made it P6 and P7, not exactly what they were looking for. Max Verstappen started on the front row of the grid, got a terrible start, uh, would have definitely been hoping for the race win given his pace in qualifying yesterday. Uh, Sam, let me go to you on this one. Max Verstappen, massive opportunity missed. Oh, (laughs) blimey, was that a massive opportunity (laughs) missed. I mean... I don't think I've seen someone who's probably more of a favourite for a race wing throwing away like Max Verstappen did. I can't fault the start. We've seen throughout the season that Red Bull have not been great on the start. I'm surprised that he wasn't a little bit better. I do think some driver skill played into that and he he bogged. But the car has also not been great. But okay, we'll exclude that. 
the difference in pace that Verstappen had over the rest of the field for the majority of qualifying, and I think for a lot of the race when he was up and running, was enough that I think he should have been able to find his way back to the front and, and fight for the victory. Um, but instead, he decided that he wanted to audition for the local circus in Istanbul and do a lot of pirouettes. Uh, maybe the ballets in town, I don't know. But he threw that away, and that was entirely on Max Verstappen, and that was one of the worst drives we've seen from him in quite a long time. And that tells you a lot, which we'll get on to, about Alex Albon, about the fact that he didn't spin it, and he still finished behind Max Verstappen. What do you make of Verstappen's race, Harry? Do you think it was a, a massive missed opportunity as well? Yeah, I'll, I'll be very sad about this. Well, why he didn't wait to make that move on Perez just a tiny bit longer? And it, the, it's kind of the frustration that bored over from yesterday, basically, from, from losing out on pole, which looked like a cert for the entirety of qualifying. Um yeah, it was just he's just tight, just too impatient, and he, you know, this yeah, I think sounds right. There was a bit of skill at the start because if you look at the replays of the start, Max is definitely starting in first gear, and if you look at the ones that got a good start, like Ricardo and Vettel, they didn't. They started in second, so definitely some skill in there. They also realized it was going to be too slippy. Max thought he could get away with it in first, and and he couldn't. I don't know whether that was a maybe both. I haven't seen Albon start, but maybe both uh, Red Bull drivers decided that first was going to be better but it clearly wasn't so um yeah it it's normally these races you know if you look at these kind of races where they're a bit crazy germany 2019 brazil 2019 um max is normally the one that picks up the pieces but this year it hasn't been the case uh the only you know one he has won was a fairly straightforward race and the crazy ones he's he's either been out or uh not a part of it so uh yeah Definitely another missed opportunity for, for Verstappen. Yeah, I think, honestly, and this, this might sound harsh, I think it proves he's not there yet in terms of his peak. Obviously, he's one of the best drivers, I would say the second best driver in F1, and he's really come a long way in the last few years. Already, he, he's one of the best drivers uh, of this century, and I'm sure when his career is, is all done, he will be looked at as, as one of the greats. Where he ranks on that remains to be seen, but there's no doubt about his ability whatsoever. But I think today just proves that there is still more to be done there. There's still ways for him to improve because this was a massive opportunity missed. Uh, and it's, it's a real shame because the pace that he showed in qualifying was mesmerizing. He was seconds faster than everyone else. And obviously the conditions changed in a way that didn't favour Red Bull. You know, the, the intermediate tyres, they, for whatever reason, didn't get on with in the same way that they did the wet tyres. But there was still a real opportunity for him to, at the very least, get a podium. But really, I think this was Verstappen's race to lose. For me, the, the, the big turning point for him was the start. I think if he gets a good start, Honestly, if he gets a good start and he overtakes Stroll into turn one, I think he wins this race because it seems to go downhill from there. We saw Lance Stroll carve out about a 10 second advantage out front, which, you know, the advantage of visibility and such will, will allow you to do regardless, really, of what car you're in, as long as it's reasonably paced. Max Verstappen, for me, if he's in that position, I think he carves out a 20 second lead, if not more. We saw what pace he had in the wet yesterday. I think he would have been seconds faster than everyone else. And that advantage might well have, have given him the race win. Even if the likes of Hamilton came back into the race later on, I think he would have built up enough of a buffer. As it happens, he had work to do. He was stuck behind Vettel for a significant amount of the race. And and that move on Perez was was ill-advised. And that's probably putting it kindly. There was just no no value to it whatsoever. It was so 
soon in the race. It's a long race and patience is key in races like that. Uh, and Verstappen proved that that's not one of his that's one not one of his skills at the moment, which is a, you know, a massive shame. He had a real opportunity and he, he threw it away. So, yeah, I, I don't think it was. I, I think I think he'd have won this race if he got P one into Turn One, but we'll never know. <laughs> I was going to say he would have won this race if he got P one. <laughs> another, <laughs> another stunning conclusion with Ben Hogan. Try graphics are sponsored by uh, AWS. <laughs> Hey, uh, well, you you might well see more late breaking graphics in the uh, not too distant future. Oh, hint, 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 cheeky. Hint. Anyway, Alex Albon finished only one place behind Max Verstappen. I think it was a few seconds or so at the flag, which, by recent standards, is practically a win. Sam, how did you view Albon's race? Do you think Verstappen made it look better than what it was? I think people who aren't People like us, you know, who who, who make podcasts and videos and are real F1 nerds who analyze the race start to finish and every driver on it and how that race went. will look at that result on, you know, just out off the cusp of their sleeve and go, oh, Albon one place behind Max and only a few seconds in it. Good, good race, Albon. And I think that is the complete opposite of what you need to take away from this race. And I think throughout the race, my brain went through a real kind of hurdle race going on. I, I was sat there being like, this is good from Albon. Albon's keeping it together. Albon's not spinning. Albon's overtaking people. Albon is still behind Max Verstappen, even though he's spun three times. Albon is still behind Max Verstappen, even though he's flat spot his tires and have to come into pit again. Albon is still behind... Albon gets overtaken by Max Verstappen. You know, it's... it's when Max Verstappen is having one of his worst races for quite a long time, and then you're still behind your teammate. That says a lot. That was Albon's race to win at one point. He was about three seconds behind the league stroll and less than a second behind Perez. And it just fell away. It just lost all ability, all pace. He quickly got caught back up again by Vettel and Hamilton. A pit stop phase happened. He fell even further back. Albon, mate. Come on. That was a real chance to shine and to put your foot down. And I said in our, our race preview, uh, earlier on the last podcast we did, I said, this is the race where Albon is going to turn up and he's going to show that he deserves that seat. I think he's got to fire it up under him. And at the start of that race, I, I thought, hang on, I actually might be right here. And I turned out to be very, very, very wrong. Um, Albon was atrocious, really. The only good thing he did was generally keep it on the track. But he did that with such minimal pace that his teammate, who was having a nightmare day, still finished in sixth place in front of him. And shows us how good Max Verstappen is, even on his worst day, that he finished that high up. And look where Bottas was on one of his worst days. So, <laughs> I mean, Albon, sorry, I think you need to go back to Alpha Tauri for at least a season and give Perez at least that drive until the end of um, the 2021 season. Because for me, that, that was the final nail in the coffin. You could have had a podium. You could have had a race win. The Red Bull was definitely capable of achieving so much more. And the fact that the pair of them finished that far down the order when the both Ferraris came from outside the points as well. And we've seen what Ferrari been up to this season. I mean, it's not good enough from either of them. But Albon, for me, that is... You haven't got the other results to back it up. Unlike Max, who we know is brilliant 95% of the time. What did you make of Albon today, Harry? Um, yeah, well, I said from the outside, like and uh, as Sam just said, you might, Verstappen's bad race made Albon look a bit better because, you know, he's only finished two seconds behind. But I've just realised 
Verstappen did an extra stop. He stopped three yep. times. <laughs> One stopped twice. So, right. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's not it's not great, is it? And uh, yeah, and you know, Verstappen had that ridiculous spin. You know, uh, you know however, 150 miles an hour down a straight. So, uh, yeah, if you just look into it, even just a tiny bit. It's not great. And it's weird because at one stage, Albon was the fastest guy on the track. Once Verstappen had fallen off the track, it was the other Red Bull that was picking up the pieces on the pace. And he was up there challenging Perez. And then his his tyres just fell off. And then he was kind of nowhere. They pit, they pit him for the new Inters. And he still wasn't really anywhere. So, um, yeah, not not great. Sorry, Alex. I, I actually thought it was slightly better than it was, and I've looked into it a bit, and it was it was terrible. So, yeah, I, again, maybe maybe Perez will be getting a phone call from Austria this week. Yeah, I think from from my perspective and how I see it, I don't think there's anything Alex Albon can do in the last few races of this season that would convince me he should be there in the Red Bull seat next year. I think outside of him winning the last three races consecutively. I don't think there's anything he could do. Even if he even if he won one of the three races left, wouldn't change my mind. I think the decision should be made already. But to look at this race in isolation it, it is a tough one to analyze because I actually think you know the first half of the race he was he was pretty solid. You know, at least in comparison to what he's shown us the last few races, which granted isn't a huge amount, but I, I think he was solid in the first half of the race. You're right; he was one of the quicker drivers at one point. I think he did take too much out of his tires in the process of, of being that quick, but there were at least a few signs there that he was he was there. But as the race unfolded, there are still some startling things to take away. Um, yeah, like Max Verstappen, he pit one more time, still beat him, had two spins. I mean, Max Verstappen had an awful race, and this doesn't work in Albon's favour because up until this point, Max Verstappen this season has been pretty much faultless. You know, there's apart from one or two races, he's been there or thereabouts. He's had a few unlucky retirements, but he's been on the podium every other time since other than those occasions. So Max Verstappen has had a great season. And when Alex Albon isn't on his pace, you can you can at least point to the fact that, oh, well, Verstappen's had a brilliant race. Albon wasn't that bad. Verstappen was just unbelievable. He can't use that excuse here. And that might be the first race where he can't use that excuse because Verstappen had a howler but he still beat him. So it really doesn't look good that on Verstappen's worst day, he can still beat Alex Albon, who, you know, by all accounts, I think he did have one of one of his more solid races this season. And despite that, he still couldn't beat him. Uh, qualifying as well was a bit of a, a bit of a mirage as well, because you had Verstappen only two positions ahead of him, Albon in the top four, as, you know, we've been wanting him to be all season. But I think there was about two and a half seconds actually separating their times. So it looked a lot better than what it was. Yeah, like I said, I think I think their decision should be made already. I think they should be getting Perez in the car. I still think Alex Albon's got a career in F1 ahead of him, but I think Red Bull have to have to admit here that with Gasly and with Albon, they've just promoted these drivers too early. They're not ready for it. Um, such a shame. I, I at one point it did look as if he, he could get a podium and he could maybe even get the win, but spiraled quite a bit after that point. Let's leave that one there then. Istanbul, well done. No Baku to say well done to this year. So is Istanbul in its place? I mean, it's location not too far away. So we'll, we'll give it to you this year. 
Um, and who knows? Maybe it can make an appearance in 21. We still do have that TBC. For this podcast, Sam, if you wouldn't mind getting us out of here. Folks, it's been a historic Grand Prix weekend. It's been a moment that will go down in history as the time where six Grand Prix drivers all nearly pooped themselves when an F-16 flew over the top. Oh, and Lewis Hamilton matched Michael Schumacher's record. Let us know what you think about the race. Let us know what is Lewis Hamilton's best moment. Let us know if Perez should go in that seat and say, oh, Albon, or where Albon should go. Should he go back to Alpha Tower or go out completely? Would it be too hard? We'd be very interested to hear what you think. Videos on YouTube will be out. Comment down there on your points of view or get over to Twitter at O'Breaking. It'll be great to always hear from you. In the meantime, I've been Samuel Sage. I've been Ben Hawking. I've been Harry Eve. And remember, keep breaking light. Sports Social Podcast Network.